0: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey? Here we go. Inside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Jeremy Rutherford. He's our Blues insider for 101 ESPN and The Athletic. He is on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. Jr. there is a ongoing story right now in Major League Baseball. You might have heard about Juan Soto. He has been traded to the Padres, kind of. There is one holdup. According to Mike DiGiovanni, who covers the L.A. baseball scene, he's, quote, hearing that the Padres' first baseman, Eric Cosmer, is not thrilled about being traded to the Nationals, it will likely take at least a chunk of money or maybe additional years added to his already significant contract that has three years remaining and $39 million through 2025, if that happens, he might then be willing to sign off on a deal. JR, in, in covering hockey, have you seen anything like this where a deal, especially as significant as this, was reportedly done? And then after it came out publicly, a, a player could potentially completely ruin the deal if they didn't sign off on a no trade clause.
2: Yeah, over the years there have been some situations where a player needed to waive the no trade, but nothing of this magnitude. You know, you see that uh, the Soto trade is uh, agreed to and in principle, and they're looking to move forward on it. And at the time, I didn't know the details, and I just read the details that they're looking for Hosmer uh, to waive that. But I'll tell you what, you could send me to Antarctica. I'm going to tell you initially <laughs> that I've got a problem with waving my no trade until they come in with the Brinks truck, and then you just uh, tell them exactly about how much you're going to need, and, and then all of a sudden there's a signature on that no trade. So, no, I, I'm sure there's some feelings there with, uh, with Hosmer, but uh, definitely it's not anything that money won't cure when they figure that out.
0: He's a Boris client as well. And so is uh Juan Soto. So I, I would imagine there's probably a way to get this thing worked out. And it includes uh, taking a couple of bags of money over to Eric Cosmer's house. But man, uh, I, <laughs> I do not envy being Eric Cosmer today. Cause if you accept it, basically the rest of your professional career is going to be spent in Washington DC, where the team is expected to stink over the coming years If you don't accept it, though, it's possible you could ruin the trade that ends up bringing Juan Soto to the team that you're going to continue playing on. Not a great situation to be in. Uh, Speaking of unenviable spots, Jr., I wanted to ask you about your story that you wrote yesterday over on The Athletic. And you had a great piece talking with David Perron about how things went down here in St. Louis at the end. What was, in your mind, the most enlightening thing that you heard from David Perron about how everything ended here in St. Louis?
2: Yeah, and I think when you hear that there's a Perron story you know, published yesterday, you think, okay, this is old news. This was two or three weeks ago uh, when, when David Perron moved on to Detroit. Obviously, he had the great interview with uh, Randy and Michelle the next morning, and uh, you know, it was a little bit raw, was a little bit uh, emotional. And I reached out to him. Look, I've known him since 2007 when he walked in the locker room when he was drafted and we have a good relationship, but I reached out to him once or twice and he said, let me just let the dust settle. And so when you, you ask yourself, uh, you know, why does it take two or three weeks to hear from Prawn? He really wanted to try to let that dust settle. And I think, you know, when I spoke to him last Friday, uh, some of the things that stuck out to me that I had in the article guys was the fact that here's a guy who doesn't really ask for much credit. He's not looking for anybody Uh, Over the years, we know David Prahn not to be that type of me first guy. And so for him to come out, I think, and say for all the loyalty, for the leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back, you know, I felt like I, this is Prahn speaking, I felt like I commanded a little more uh, respect here and, and, you know, received the benefit of the doubt a little bit with this situation. And I think so when David Prahn comes out and tells you exactly how he feels about this situation and the fact that he felt like he should have had some equity built up with what he's been through with this organization, I thought it was pretty telling.
1: Jr., I think this is going to be a sour subject for a lot of people for a lot of years. It might be something that Blues fans are going to have difficulty looking past with Doug Armstrong. Uh, Do you feel like that the Blues, whether it be a move before the start of the season or what they do this season, is there anything that's going to ease the pain for Blues fans with this David Perron?
2: I don't think so, and and it's hard to say that because, you know, what if something does happen next week and it's possible because of the prawn uh, not not re-signing them You know, then you look at the situation and say, okay, well, that makes sense, and and we all know that that's happened over the years with Doug Armstrong. Maybe we all can't see it at the time, but something happens down the road. I think we all know this, that uh, a Matthew Kachuk trade certainly would have probably uh, help those feelings quickly, and I think I wrote that even when the Blues were still in pursuit of Matthew Kachuk. Listen, they just didn't sign David Braun, But if they pull this Kachuk move off, then I think a lot of people forget about the Perron situation. And of course, that didn't happen. So I think that would have been the thing um, high up on the list of things that that would have, I think, eased the pain of David Braun, not coming back. You know, can you see anything like that? But, but, but like that between now and the start of the season, I can't. Um, you know, certainly. In six months, a year, the start of the season, you get to the trade de- deadline. If you're able to make a move and you don't have that $4 million on the books, it's going to help. But I think for all the reasons that David Perron uh, talked about in the article and all the things that, that people in St. Louis have been saying the last 24 hours about how they wish it would have been handled, most people, not all people, you know, I think this was a situation that even if it does ease up the situation uh, financially in the future, I think this is something that a lot of people wanted to see get done.
0: So – JR, as I look at this now, I'm just, I don't know what what comes next for the Blues. Like It's very difficult internally to replace both the leadership that David Perron brought, but also just the on-ice production. Both of those things are difficult in and of themselves. And when you have all of that in one player, it's it's really hard to find a guy that replaces that. Is it your opinion that at this point, the team that we're, we see on paper today is probably going to be what we watch when the Blues report to camp?
2: Yeah, I report to camp uh, you know, in September and then on opening night, October 15th. I can't say unequivocally that this is going to be the roster when it starts. You know, I've mentioned, and I know some people get confused with the Tarasenko situation. Does he want the, the trade? Does he not want the trade? Are the Blues willing to work something out? The way I understand it, and I'll preface my answer by saying this, I believe he still wants the trade. I believe the Blues have had probably some interest, even this summer after the great year that Tarasenko had last year. But I don't think Doug Armstrong, obviously he hasn't felt like he could get back and return what Teresinko's value is to the team or else he would have moved them. If he comes across that between now and the start of the season, you know, that would obviously be a huge headline and this team would look a lot different than we see right now. But other than that, I, I just don't see anything uh, that they can do. We, we mentioned some options the other day, a couple of them were pretty, you know, unrealistic. Uh, so I think this is the team. And and one thing I'll add to the answer here is this guys, you know, there've been so many times I've been covering the team for 20 years where you like, okay? This team doesn't look great on paper. Maybe they don't look as good as they did last season. But then you get into the start of the season. You know how'd you let David Backus go? How'd you let Troy Brower go? Those are net front presence that that, that the team really needs. Well, then all of a sudden Ryan O'Reilly shows up and Robert Thomas emerges and Jordan Kyra emerges. That's just part of the evolution of the roster. So I think we do need to let things play out uh because they could turn out to be better uh, than you anticipated it doesn't always work that way i just leave some wiggle room you know for the possibility that the uh, the blues as they move forward you know could be uh with the help of some of these players and better production from some of these young guys you know could be in a better position we'll see
1: JR, not only was that a phenomenal piece that you put together on David Perron, but you also had another one that came out recently and you went through a, a top 15 list. And by the way, I appreciate you not stealing the Ferrari 05 and doing a JR 15, <laughs> but the most disappointing departures in Blues history. And look, JR, you and I are close, man. We go way back. I, I couldn't agree more with number one and number two. But number three is where I have a problem because uh, Wayne Gretzky should be number three on that list because uh, (laughs) nine-year-old Alex Ferrario, he wept in his bedroom when Wayne Gretzky left that offseason.
2: Oh, I bet! I bet a thirty-year-old uh, Alex Ferrario would have wept in his uh, bedroom. Probably. You know that. First of all, I got to <laughs> give a lot of credit to uh, Tim Beaver. He's my friend over at St. Louis Blues History on, on Twitter. Uh, Tim, we sat down and, and we came up with the list, and we actually wanted to keep it at ten, but we we wanted to get a few more names on there that we felt were really relevant. So we stretched it out to fifteen, and even at fifteen, you're still not going to get everybody on there. You know, I've received some calls today, some texts, you know, some messages that uh, Curtis Joseph should be on there. I don't disagree with that whatsoever, Uh, but we felt like Cujo was one of those players that Mike Keenan, you know, he was a Keenan casualty, just like Shanahan, just like a couple other guys. Uh, So he wasn't on the list. And this is great, Alex. I'm glad you said Gretzky should be higher because when we did uh, put the list together, we were hoping that there would be a lot of discussion about moving guys up, moving guys down. You know, some people don't think that Gretzky should be as high as he is, because he just played the, what, 18 regular season games. So uh, I felt greatest player in the world. He played for your team. He left. That has to be one of the top departures. So we definitely want to include number 99.
0: He's Jeremy Rutherford. Find that piece over at The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at JP Rutherford. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. We wish you all the best. We'll talk with you again next week.
2: Yeah, I just tried to be a, a divert here for the Soto stuff, huh?
0: Yeah, you, you brought the mood <laughs> up a little bit by talking about the guy that got away this offseason. It, it was really great to be able to talk Appreciate to you about that. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm glad
2: I'm not uh, Katie Woo's Twitter feed today. Thanks a lot.
0: GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available 24 hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. You can't get much for five bucks these days unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT, plus four piece snugs, fries, and a drink, all for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii.